three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. Happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing night. Uh, I hope you're being safe. If you are out trick-or-treating, if you're hosting a party, I, myself, have hosted a little Halloween shindig uh, last night. I would like to give a shout-out to everyone who showed up. It was a lot of fun, and... My ass was not out of bed until about 2 this afternoon because I was up till about 3. So it was a really nice, uh, really nice night. So again, I hope you're all staying safe out there. I've got a review for the latest Edgar Wright film, Last Night in Soho. Edgar Wright, of course, uh, an amazing writer-director. I think one of the best in the game right now. You know him, of course, from uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, His latest film was Baby Driver, which was in 20... Oh, God, I want to say it was 2018. Uh, if memory, 2017, pardon me. Uh, but it was my number one favorite film of that year. I think Baby Driver is excellent. So I actually saw Last Night in Soho. Uh, pardon me. Uh, if you're all drinking, have a drink with me. But uh, I went and saw this Thursday night. And the thing, the reason I didn't post this review where I haven't recorded this up until this point is because I really wanted to kind of marinate on the review, think about it. And this is going to be one of the rare times that I am, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, I always talk about spoilers. And I always give a warning, or at least usually I do, about we're going to get into spoiler territory here. So I'm going to do something rare. I'm going to give my grade ahead of me actually talking about the review because for what I want to talk about, I kind of need to get in spoilers. There's really no way, I think, for me to not do a spoiler review on this. So let's just get this out of the way. My grade for this film is a fan-fucking-tastic. I think this is Edgar Wright's maybe... Okay, how do I phrase this? This is maybe his best film overall. It's my personal second favorite film that he's done. It's sandwiched right in between um, Scott Pilgrim, which for me is his my favorite film of his, but sandwiched in between Scott Pilgrim and Hot Fuzz for me. Um, Baby Driver would be four, by the way. Uh, that's how much I enjoy this film. And what I will say about this is that I think the reason why a lot of people are going to not like this is because of the twist. I think people are going to be dumb about it. I think people are going to be shitty about it. And that's not on Edgar Wright. That's not on the film. That's on people really being shitty. So personally, I think people are are, are going to be kind of dumb about this. All right. With that said, let's get into the plot here. So this movie, of course, stars Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Sally. And also goes ahead and stars um, uh, Thompson McKenzie, who plays uh, who plays Ellie, you know her from uh, Jojo Rabbit, which that was a trip watching this movie because I'm sitting there going, why do I recognize her? And I kept thinking of that Netflix movie, The King, which is really good if you have not seen that. Uh, she's really good in there for the bit she's in it. But 
but yeah, this is a girl from Jojo Rabbit, and I just was sitting there going, son of a bitch, okay, this is her in a starring role, let's see what she's got, and it's always nice to see an actor and actress who you've gone, man, they're pretty good, I hope they get more opportunities to shine, to see her break through in what I think will be a huge role for her, even though Last Night in Soho did finish number two behind Dune, uh, this weekend. I think it's going to be a huge role for her, and I think people are going to point to this role as, okay, this is when she kind of arrived. So I'm going to get into some spoilers, but again, I'm going to kind of try to dance around this. But uh, the movie starts off with Ellie getting accepted into uh, into like a fashion college. She goes ahead and moves to London, where she goes ahead and meets uh, a couple of her, not, not flatmates, but roommates, we'll say. And, and <coughs> pardon me, as I lose my voice, um, the thing that really trips me out about this movie in the best way, another thing I think people are going to just kind of not give the movie credit for, the movie is funny for like the first, I'd say, eh, 20-ish minutes or so. There's some good uh, there's some good jokes in there, especially when she first meets these uh, women who are going to the college with her, including her roommate, whose uh, name does escape me, but her roommate is very much one of those idol want to be, you know, I don't want to be in the fashion industry because, you know, I actually have a love for it. I want to be in the fashion industry first and foremost because I want to be fucking famous. And it's an interesting parallel between something else that happens in the film without, again, trying to dance around this a little bit. But what I really do love about this movie is that Ellie and Sandy, the way that they are filmed, they are two, they're two sides of the same coin. It's really fascinating how right makes these these camera adjustments. There's this point where Ellie is dancing with uh, Matt Smith's Jack, and it goes seamlessly from uh, from Ellie to Sally at multiple points. And I'm sitting there watching it going, God, this is kind of fucking amazing how seamless these cuts and these transitions are between them. There's a point where Ellie walks down the staircase, and you see these shots uh, or this mirror behind her where you can see Sally and the way they look at each other like these the their movements are so precise I love how precise their movements are and the way that Edgar Wright captures their which is really a dance between uh between Anna Taylor Joy and uh Mackenzie it's fascinating to see how he films it and almost it really elevates uh the film and the stakes overall one uh, one of the things I will say about this movie is that as far as the twist, there's a line of dialogue in here, and I'm gonna kind of dance around the line, but basically the line of dialogue is, uh, you, you know, murders happen in London all the time. That that it's 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 something similar to that. And again, not giving the direct line because if I do, you'll know the person I'm talking about who who you might know who says it. Put that together, and then it kind of ruins the film, <laughs> and I don't want that for people. But the movie does a really great job of being Hitchcockian and very Twilight Zone-ish because the movie throws these little uh, throws these little things out there to you where you kind of go, oh, okay, um, that could come back later. And there's a, it does a great job of red herrings. Early on in the film, you they uh, they talk about Ellie's mom and how she went to London when she was her age and basically went fucking nuts and killed herself and. It's one of those very sobering things that they throw out from jump 
so that as you're watching the movie, you kind of go, it's always in the back of your mind. Maybe Ellie's just kind of losing her shit. Maybe she's just buckling under the pressure. And something that the film does very early on, Ellie is getting uh, driven into town. Uh, she gets a cab. And this guy, the cab driver is fucking creepy. And I just got, and I have to say, I, I was talking to one of my friends about this. And the, I can't imagine this even just the remote voice in the back of your head being a female, you know, being drunk, heading home from a bar, trying to get home safe, do your you know, due diligence, and having that thought of a cab driver potentially not getting you home or being sexual as they're driving you home. It's one of those things that I, that's not brought up enough, which is why there needs to be an all-female cab run service so that women can get home safely. But that's a whole other conversation. But that happens maybe 10 or so minutes into the film, and it's just this very grim reminder of, hey, this is the world we live in. Don't forget that. And it, it really sucks because I think at the end of the day, the film has so much to say that people are gonna not want to hear and i've read some people uh some reviews saying you know edgar wright's message or what the film is trying to say kind of gets lost in the execution and i could not disagree more i think the execution on this film is fucking flawless as far as where it ends up and what the film is trying to say and what the twists end up being because at the end of the day this is a movie you need to pay attention to there are some people so i myself i am not a I hate being scared. I really hate basically being scared. And there are definitely some points, and I, I'm i not getting into spoiler by saying this, but if you saw the trailer, you saw that there are ghosts in here. And what the ghosts represent, and as far as how the design was done intentionally on the ghosts, and again, I'm going to leave it there without getting no spoiler, I love how all that's done. I think the ghosts in here are fucking creepy and again, once you figure out what they represent, it's a whole other layer of, oh, that's a fucking bummer. And I hate that this is what this is. But again, it's a great thing. Um, Stephen Price is the composer here. He went ahead and did uh, music for Gravity, or on, uh, Gravity, Baby Driver, and uh, Attack the Block. Attack the Block, which if you have not seen, it's on Amazon Prime. Seriously, watch Attack the Block. It's fucking great. But the the mood in this movie when it jumps back and forth between present day and the 60s the 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 tonal shift as far as music is very well felt and you it's intentional that you feel that switch but as you get more into the horror elements that 60s aesthetic you know and the neon lights and all that that all kind of fades away for what is a very grim reality that at a point transcends whatever time uh whatever time she's in and it's just it's fascinating to see how the film goes ahead and breaks um all of this down i will say for myself there is there's something here in this movie that i went you know I wish he would have explained this thing more. There's just, there, there, there's one element to Ellie and what she's seeing that I just wish he would have just explained a little better. You can kind of piece it together, but they leave it vague in a place that I went, uh, I would have liked a little more clarity on that. But, uh, but one of the things too is that the dialogue in this as you jump between the uh, the time periods, 
Matt Smith. We have to talk about Matt Smith. Uh, you, of course, know him from Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, uh, Doctor Who. He might be your favorite Doctor. Bow ties are cool, after all. But Matt Smith and The Crown, which he was great on The Crown. But Matt Smith, even though he's not in this for a long time, I haven't seen a lot of angry Matt Smith. And the people I've talked to who are big Doctor Who fans have all sworn by the fact that when he gets angry, when you get angry... Uh, Matt Smith as a doctor. It's fucking crazy, and it really shows his range. And I was actually really appreciative that I got to see glimpses of that. There's this point where he goes, where are you going? And the way he yells at uh, Sally, it's one of those things I went, oh, shit, this is really fucking intense. And I love where Matt Smith's character ends up. And they do this thing with his character that I really wasn't expecting. I went, son of a bitch, I kind of love that you made me think that you're going to go this way and then you didn't. So there's some there's some great shit with Matt Smith in here. Uh, we get a lot of him and Anya Taylor-Joy interacting and the way they vibe off each other. It's a very... Um, it's a very Studio uh, Studio 54 sort of vibe that they have. It's a very like alluring, kind of sensual vibe. And Matt Smith just comes across as fucking cool. He's just a very classic Hollywood leading man in that sense, uh, as far as how he's portrayed here. And then when, you know, things get, <laughs> things get insane, it's kind of fucking wonderful. Uh, outside of Matt Smith, we get uh, Diana Rigg, who, of course, you know, as uh, you know, you know as Emma Peel uh, from the Avengers. Uh, you know, of course, as uh, Elena Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Um, she unfortunately just passed last year, so this is her last role, and she plays uh, Mrs. Collins, who's this woman who is uh, that Ellie goes ahead and seeks out because. Ellie's being bullied so badly by her fucking roommate, she doesn't want to live at the place she was supposed to anymore. And uh, and Mrs. Miss Collins, the conversations that her and Ellie have are just are fascinating. And it's uh, it's interesting how they talk about music. There's a whole conversation they have about music that I really, really enjoy. But Diana Rigg, for her, it being her last role, what a what an incredible role uh, to go out on. I absolutely love what they do with her here, and I love the way that um, her and Ellie's relationship evolves and everything. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of her, and I'm really happy this was the last role. Uh, this is also uh, dedicated to her as well at the end of the film, which it's a very classy touch, as well as, as, well as the film should be. Uh, the other character I do want to shout out is uh, Michael uh, Ajayo, uh, Aj as a John, he's this person of color who befriends, uh, God, why have I been selling Ellie until then? Um, Eloise, pardon me. Um, Eloise is her name. Why have I been saying Ellie? But, uh, Eloise and her, uh, he becomes her love interest. And what the film has to say kind of about their relationship, and there is a racial component to it that the film does go ahead and I think addresses well enough that if you want to look for that, it's there. It doesn't beat you over the head with it, but I do appreciate the fact that, at least to me, it's acknowledged. Um, again, without getting too much in the spoilers, but uh, you know him from Attack the Block. Uh, he played Mayhem in Attack the Block. He's great in Attack the Block, by the way. But I hope this is kind of a resurgence for him. I don't know if he's been doing a lot of stuff Um I know he does this British show uh, called Cuffs, 
but I'd like to see him get more in more film roles. He has a very unique look to him, and he's a very charismatic guy just naturally. Um, it, even early on, we, we don't know that much about him. Just the way him and Eloise talk to each other, I went, huh, I really like this guy. And, and not just because he's black, because obviously, you know, anyone black, I just love by default. But <laughs> but I, I love their black, their, uh, their black and forth, Jesus. I love their back and forth. And I, I love where his character ends up too. And where he ends up falling to the plot, I went, okay, this is someone that really cares. And everyone kind of needs a friend like this. And for what the message is, he represents a good thing. And again, I, I'm going to just leave it at that. I'll have to get into uh, spoilers. I might do spoiler-heavy review, maybe separate. Because again, I'm trying to really dance around this. Because even though I said spoilers, this is one of those films that I really think people need to discover the shit for themselves. The less you know about this movie going into it, personally, I believe the more you're going to enjoy it. I saw one trailer for this and went, cool, I'm not watching anything else, I want to go in cold, and I'm happy I went in cold. I didn't talk to anyone who had seen it uh, prior, because there were uh, press screenings for this, but I didn't talk to anyone about their feelings on it. I went in, I didn't read a review, I went in completely cold going into this, and I'm really happy I did. So I would recommend that if you haven't seen it, go in cold. I, 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 think, I think that is a huge positive if you go in cold with this but a couple other things i want to shout out uh uh shung uh shung uh shung chung is the uh, cinematographer on this film he did the uh, horror film uh, thirst back in 09 and thirst is a great fucking movie uh as i mentioned i don't get too much in the horror but Thirst is fucking badass. If you've not seen it, I highly recommend. Also, he was a cinematographer on uh, the horror film back in 2013, uh, Stoker, which starred uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, Matthew Good, and then um, Mia Wazakowska. Uh, uh, that's a great movie. If you've not seen that, I highly recommend you do. It's worth seeking out. But holy hell, the cinematography in this, there's this point where Eloise grabs this blanket and throws it over her and it transitions into her going to the 60s and some of the transitions in this film i always say hot fuzz might be one is one of my favorite films in the last 15 years just because of how edgar wright uh, transitions between scenes in the film but this might be his best transition like film as far as transitions everything just feels smooth and crisp uh, there are some there's a couple scenes where Sally is sitting at this uh, uh, vanity mirror and she has multiple like panels and mirrors and everything and just the way that stuff is even shot where she's just sitting down not even fucking moving it's 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 amazing and Edgar Wright and Chung uh, Hung Chun uh, Hun Chung both deserve a ton of fucking credit. Uh, Terrence Stamp is in this movie too. Fucking Terrence Stamp is in an Edgar Wright film. You know him, of course, from Superman, uh, The Collector, Young Guns, to name a few. And where his character falls in line, and he's a very spoilery character, so I'm just going to say very little about him. But the way that him and uh, uh, Mackenzie play off each other, 
Um, Mackenzie has is, is working with some big time actors and actresses here, and she doesn't just hold her own. She goes ahead and elevates the material that she's given, which is already great shit. But the fact she's even able to elevate it more just makes me adore her more as an actress. I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say without spoiling shit. I think uh, I think I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, there is a jump scare with an alarm clock. And that's all I'll say that made me go, oh, son of a bitch. Like, it, it got me mad. But in the best way, there are, some, there are some scares in here that really made me go, shit, okay. Again, I'm a scaredy cat anyway, but I really, really enjoyed, I really enjoyed this film. And the more I think about it, the more I actually like it. Um, not even like it, love it. This will be a debated film. This will kind of be, I think, in that vein of this is the end, or, or not this is the end, the world's end, pardon me, where I think I saw the world's end, when did I see the world's end? I feel like I was uh, 2013, so that would have been eight years ago, so I would have been like 20, 20 23, 23, something like that, and I'll be honest, I just think I was too young to appreciate the film at that point. I've gone back and watched it since I actually watched it at the start of the pandemic and it actually really does hit better um i think after you're out of your 20s it's one of those films i went you know i really really dig how this is about not wanting things to change with you know but sometimes that they actually need to but that's not a bad thing i really really enjoyed uh revisiting that and i believe this will be one of those films that people revisit in a year or two's time and go, man, we actually should have appreciated that more. Without spoiling it, as I get to my final thoughts here, this does what Jennifer's body was trying to do. And that's all I'll say. But end of the day, this is one of those films that I just went, fucking Edgar Wright, I kind of love you. This is a film that I personally will do a double feature of with uh, something like What Lies Beneath. Uh, me, I, I, you know, Black Swan would be a great double feature with this. Uh, as would if uh, you guys haven't seen it, which I hope you have. Um, oh, what's that movie? Vertigo. I just rewatched that recently. I should. I, I need to review that. But I just rewatched Vertigo, and this would play perfectly with this as a double feature. Uh, this is well worth, worth your time. Please go see this in theater if if you're feeling comfortable. Uh, if you're vaccinated, go go see go see us in the theater. Have fun with this. I saw this on Thursday night with maybe 50 other people in the theater, and there were screams. There were definitely some oh shit, like like pe- people were scared watching this, uh, myself included. But go out and support this. This is a movie that's well worth your time. This will definitely be on my personal top 10 for the year. This is a fan fucking tastic, and I am. So happy that Edgar Wright took this swing. And let's be clear, this is a fucking swing that Edgar Wright took. And yet the film works in so many fucking ways. In ways that I look forward to uh, discovering that I like, reasons I like the film more, uh, just on a rewatch. But yeah, absolutely adore this movie. Please go watch it. It's wonderful. But everyone, Last Night in Soho, what did you think of it? Uh What's your favorite part? What did you think of the twist? I'd like to hear what people have to say about where the film ends up, and especially the last frame. The last frame I find very fascinating. But 
Let us know in the comments, everyone. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify and Amazon Music, to name a few, at The Real Pineapple. And don't forget to like us, um, like both our Facebook pages. You can find us on Real Pineapple Games and on uh, The Real Pineapple on I was going to say Facebook. I know they changed the name. I don't care. I'm calling it Facebook still. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll be wrapping up the Real Spooky series this week with a a whole review of all four Twilight films. Yay! As well as a review for Jennifer's Body. I've got a lot to say about that film. I've been prepping that for about a week, so I'm gonna have a lot to say about Jennifer's body. But I'm, uh, but and then I'm gonna be hopping on Twitch finally to stream some Resident Evil uh, Four here in the next uh, ten days or so. I know it's no longer gonna be Halloween by the time you might listen to this, but who cares? It's still spooky season as far as I'm concerned till we get into December. <laughs> but everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care of each other. Get your uh, get your COVID shot if you've not gotten it. Uh, wear a mask. Take care of each other again, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night and happy Halloween.